Live from State Street in the heart of Chicago, you are listening to the new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. And this is Waddle & Silk, WMVP, WSHE, HD2 Chicago, a good karma brand's radio station. Here's Kansas City from the 19, throwing it to goal line, and it's caught by Kelsey for the touchdown. On the pocket. That's away from Chennault, who's trying to get after him for a second time, but the ball is thrown to the end zone, and it's caught! Flowers with the touchdown! The Ravens strike right back from 30 yards out! Second and goal. It's back to Pacheco. Pacheco drives across for the Chiefs' touchdown! Second and five. Ball batted up into the air, and caught by Jackson! He caught his own pass! The Flowers, he dies! The ball came out! It's recovered by Kansas City! Second and ten. To the end zone again, and it is intercepted! He gets the protection. He goes long and on his back to ice it! Yep, he's heading back to the Super Bowl for the fourth time in five years. Years. Another fake. Coming Jameson Williams, a speedster, has a block. Williams cuts up, 25-20, still on his feet. Jameson Williams scores! Montgomery on second and goal, surging his way forward. He's in. Touchdown, Detroit. Caffrey, second and goal. Up and in. Touchdown, San Francisco. Now it's Gibbs. Trying to get to the edge. Gets a block on the border. Makes a man miss. Gibbs hits on the five. Touchdown, Detroit. So it's 24 to 7. Here's Purdy. Looking. Firing in. Joe. Caught. Ayu. Touchdown. Caffrey's going to get it. And he walks in. Touchdown, San Francisco. This is the game. Goff pumps. Fires end zone. It is called for the touchdown. What a grab by Williams to keep this game alive. And there it is. The 49ers are going to the Super Bowl. Incredible. Uh, yesterday, two games. Bittersweet for me. The uh, highlights on CBS and Fox. The winners in the Super Bowl will be the Chiefs against the 49ers. And the bitter more things change, the more they stay. Yeah, the yeah, and uh, it's greatness. Uh, we saw some greatness yesterday. That's for sure on both on both teams. But like it, it, like it's the last weekend that we get multiple football games. Yeah, that's that's the bittersweetness for me. Um, next week, there's no real football game, and then we get the Super Bowl, which is awesome. But you know, we we have conditioned ourselves for weeks and weeks and weeks where we get all these great football games and there's some sadness after watching that um and uh but it it, it was awesome uh, unless you're a ravens fan or of course a lions fan you were kicked in the nuts uh, lo- losing that game the way you did with that 17 point lead if i could try to lift your spirits on march 30th i believe the new uh xfl usfl uh merged league will kick off so you'll get your football again is there a team in uh, I alabama no i have like, no clue there's a birmingham team is I there guess. a st louis team i, think I believe so, yes anthony beck former tight end in the national football league i believe is the, i think they're the battle something something uh, but he's the coach of the St. Louis team. You're going to get football. I think they... DeFilippo, De Filippo, who used to be, be. ROC or quarterbacks coach, is a is a head coach in the league. There you go. I, I believe. I believe. What's his Bob Stoops is a. Didn't we discuss this on Friday? Bob Stoops is the head coach mm-hmm. of one of these teams. I pass on. I, like it, well, I've always I'm not interested. Uh, yeah, in it. Not I'm interested. In it. I've tried, but I can't do it. Can't do it. 
But uh, yeah, there were so much, so many good things. Like I, I and I love the takes, just just flying fast and furious. People are sick of Mahomes. Oh, I don't God. know how you're sick of greatness. Who's sick of Mahomes? Well, there are people. Who, well, really? we, we ring it up three three two three seven seven six. I want to know why. Uh, give me a, give me your reasons. Your top three reasons why, if you are sick of Patrick Mahomes, you're sick of Patrick Mahomes. Like he is. He, first of all, he's fantastic. He's done it with different uh, different players um, going through all these different years. He seems like to be one of the best teammates ever. Super grounded. Like, he has zero peers in the National Football League right now. He's a class. He's one of one. And I would advise you, as like I did my daughter, my 31-year-old daughter, who's not the biggest Patrick Mahomes fan. I don't know why. I think she's irritated about other things. I said, if, if you want to know who Patrick Mahomes is beyond the fact that he's going to his fourth Super Bowl in six years, put on the Netflix quarterback series and watch how dedicated he is to his craft and what kind of teammate he is. Like, I find zero flaws with Patrick Mahomes and how he plays and how he carries himself and how he leads his team. It's a great homework assignment for anybody. Like, whether you like him or dislike him, just to see. I had my, my older son watch it, even though there are swear words in it. Just It's a good lesson on showing how much of that dedication off the field, away from the facility, is needed to be that great. I think there was an instant, uh, instance in that game, where we just talking about it, I think, where he got sacked and bent over. And his legs were caught underneath him. And I think that you, I mean, this just may be hyperbole and just waxing poetically about what he was doing in terms of trying to become a more flexible and stronger player. If you watch the, 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 the routine he put himself through in that series, I can't believe that it didn't play a role in him not getting hurt in the sack that he had taken yesterday in yesterday's game. Yeah, because he was bent by a couple of defensive guys, and he was. And I'm just saying, like his dedication to being the best that he can be, which was on display in that series, I thought completely played out in a number of ways on the field yesterday. They try to prepare his body for that. You see it in the quarterback documentary. Like I, I, it's it's funny because someone, some because as you know, you you've always raged against it. Someone tweeted me about the pre-show video about. Because I wrote Swifty Super Bowl in one of the lines of, of the description. I don't even think I mentioned her. I'm not sure in the video. You know me. I love Taylor Swift. I've gone to Taylor Swift's concerts. Um, I find it humorous that guys rage against uh, them showing Taylor Swift. Like, big deal. A couple of cutaways here or there, and, it's, and it ruins some people. Uh, they're, they're viewing, like, I, I, I love everything about the storyline. Um, and some guys, like yelling at me for being anti-Taylor Swift on, on, on Twitter. Like, I find it humorous that people don't like the Taylor Swift angle. Like, who cares? I don't know. This is entertainment. It doesn't bother me in the slightest. Nothing about what has transpired with Kansas City bothers me in the slightest. Um, I, I find it also humorous, like, that Brock Purdy, because I always believe, and I said this during the year, that you get... You all have your preconceived notions on what a player should be. And because he's Mr. Irrelevant and because people, well, he's game manager. He was never picked to be a star player. And because he's, he's surrounded by really good players and people all say, well, he can't be that great. If you would replace 
another star quarterback and their name with what he did in the second half, people, the, the flowers that they would be throwing at Brock Purdy today, but instead the Dan Campbell headline is the number one headline coming out of the game. Brock Purdy's second half, I believe he had a, a QBR of 99.1. He was 13 of 16 for 174 and a touchdown and added 49 rushing yards. The perfect QBR is 100. He had a, a second half QBR of 99.1. If, if Lamar Jackson, if Josh Allen, if any of these other quarterbacks who haven't been to a Super Bowl would have a QBR in a championship game like that rushing and throwing the way that, because they're 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 higher thought of first round picks mvp candidates the the flowers that the the bouquets that they would be thrown would be over the top but because it's still mr irrelevant because i don't know why him and greg olson had a really good point about this where we have always loved the underdog story kurt warner was like one of the best ones out there. People embrace that. For some reason, a lot of analysts have hated the Brock Purdy story. Like I saw I, Shannon Sharp today on first take was raging against Brock Purdy. Ryan Clark has done it in the last several weeks. There have been many people who have not come in, 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 and then that brings us to the Dan Campbell situation on on what he did, what was it right or was it wrong? So ring it up, 312-332-3776. What was your biggest takeaway from Championship Sunday? By the way, just to echo or to enhance the point you make about Purdy, you realize in the five, this was a Hembo stat. In the final five drives of each of the last two games, so the last five drives against Green Bay and the last five drives against the Detroit Lions. The 49ers scored on three of the five Green Bay, the three of the five final drives against Green Bay, and all five of the final five drives against the Lions. Now, they weren't all touchdowns, but they were all. You had ten drives, and eight of those drives they scored on in mm-hmm. the second half. The final five drives of the Green Bay game and the final five drives of the 49ers and Lions game. In crunch time, when it matters most, right? they were able to score points and win games. Right. And as great as Mahomes was, remember, like, in the second half, they didn't do much and they relied on their defense. I'm not taking anything away from Mahomes, believe me. His greatness, we started with that. But, like, Purdy, to do what he did, it, to salvage that game in the rain against the Packers, and then to just, he, he played one of the best second halves you could play in a championship game, no matter what the name is on the back of the uniform. You know and what by, I mean? And by the way, in the, the, the two or three times where he tucked and run, he would run, I believe a couple of them were third downs as well, to run for 49 yards. Yeah, I mean, it, it added an element that a lot of people didn't expect. But when they needed a play from him and the rest of those guys, they, they found a way to get it done. I'm not. Uh, maybe if it was my team, I'd be more passionate about it. Uh, like the Dan Campbell going for it. I, I was leaning towards that's who they are. And this is their identity. This is they did it when they were bad. They've stayed with it when they were good. He trusts his players. He 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 believes in them. Um the stat was that Hembo gave earlier today. They were twenty of twenty-five going for it on fourth and third, fourth and three and shorter. They were eighty percent in those situations. So like I like I wasn't raging against them. 
Like a lot of people have always said, you don't win these big games by kicking field goals. You need to score touchdowns to beat the Chiefs, to beat the 49ers. So, like, I understood what Dan Campbell was doing. I heard Greeny's rant earlier today, and I agreed with him. You can't run the football on first down and goal and give away one of those timeouts because then what you do is you rely on an onside kick which basically you can never recover these days in the NFL you've got to go to the kickoff with a full bank of timeouts so to give your your defense a chance to get stops and to get the ball back but like going for it I I like if I was a Lions fan maybe I'd think differently if that was Eberflus maybe I'd think differently but I, I didn't rage against it as a viewer. How did you feel? Uh, the, the running the ball on third down at the goal line was the only decision I thought was a bad one. I thought that was a bad decision for the reason you mentioned, because if you don't get it in, you have to burn a timeout. Once you spend one of those timeouts, you've ultimately, now you are, you are, you are married to having to recover the onside kick. I thought that play uh, selection was a bad decision. Other than that... I had no problem with all of it. And again, I've always thought that analytics are very important, but I've always said I'm not married to them, and I, they're a tool in my toolbox. And for me, it's, there's a lot that goes into this. First and foremost, all of these plays occurred in San Francisco territory. The things that drive me crazy are, are, are the things that I think are more reckless than they are aggressive. And we saw a lot of it with the Chargers over the course of time with that guy who got fired. Staley. Is going for it on fourth and short in your own 27-yard line. Like, that to me is reckless. Um, and the other thing to me, so t- down in distance and time and place and who you are. It's not just that this is who they are and you be consistent to who you are. But who you are is an explosive offense and a defense that has a bottom five secondary. So... You're going to have to rely on touchdowns more than field goals because there's a very good chance that your defense is going to give up touchdowns because you're not a great defense. That's one of the bottom five secondaries in the National Football League. They were bottom five in pass defense this year. So if it's me, I understand this is who we are. We're a really good offense. We're a below average defense. So there's going to be a a shootout more than likely. So instead of kicking field goals, we can't be trading field goals. We've got to get the ball in the end zone. So we're going to take an aggressive approach. That's how I feel about it. Now, like, it, like I agree with what Rex Ryan said today on, on Get Up. Rex said I would have kicked the field goals, but I also had a great defense. So I knew that when we kicked the ball off to them, I was going to get a stop. There's no guarantee that this Lions team is going to stop anybody. So you better be trying to score touchdowns, not field goals, because there's a very good chance your opponent's going to score touchdowns. If I had a dominant defense, I'd be more likely to kick the field goals. I don't have a dominant defense, so I'm going to rely on the part of my team that is most equipped to uh, excel, and that's my offense. Right. So I had no problem with what he chose to do, and not to mention as well. So the third thing is, too, your kicker is a 50% kicker outdoors at that distance. So when you put it all together, I got no problem with it. Let's, again, I, I always, it drives me crazy that we, at the professional level, we constantly always point at the coaches first and we fail to point at the players. What about Reynolds? Josh Reynolds has got to make that catch. Couple of them. Yeah. How many did he drop? He dropped two. He dropped another one on a third down, but that play's got to be made. So was it a bad call or was it player execution that, that sunk their ship? 
To me, that's player execution. It's always easier to circle the coach and to blame the coach. Um, so, yeah, uh, it's interesting. Boys, did you guys, were you guys mad at Cam? I heard this morning, ever it sounded unanimous. The, the morning show all were mad at Campbell. Like, I, I, I was fine with Dan Campbell doing Dan Campbell stuff. I had no issue with it. I, I think that, obviously, like, the Reynolds stuff plays a big part in it. But one thing that actually worked out for them that I thought was wrong was going for the touchdown there at the end on the fourth and three. Or fourth and goal from the three yard line at that point, I think you kick it and then it ended up working out. You got the touchdown of Jamison Williams, but there were a couple where it felt like his aggressiveness was inconsistent from what he's been doing all year long. But at, at the end of the overall, first half, it, that was kind of non Campbell like. Yeah, I had no problem I with didn't that either. I thought oh, that was the right call. I and I will echo that. The and when they chose to take the field goal at the end of the half to go up 24 to 7 instead of foregoing the field goal attempt and going for a touchdown, which a lot of people wanted them to do, I thought what you're missing is like oftentimes analytics when they say you want to go for it down there close in the end zone. Part of the calculus is if you fail, you're, you're pinning, pinning your opponent very deep into their own end zone exactly. and making it difficult. That was not, a, not going to be a factor because it, we were coming up in the end of the half. Yeah. So I thought going up, taking that field goal there, I thought that was a good move because you're now up three possessions. The one point I start to quibble with him maybe going for it on fourth down was actually early in the second half. Remember, the 49ers got the ball. They kick a field goal in their first possession, and they cut it 24 to 10. Then the Lions have the ball next. Then they choose to go for it on fourth and two, I believe, and Goff, it's an incompletion. That might have been one that was intended for the Reynolds. Yeah. Yeah. The one thing I'll say is now, now you're a little inconsistent here because you've pushed yourself to three possessions at the end of the half, if you take that field goal attempt, you're doing the same thing. You're going up by at least three possessions, and the game has already been shortened because of the two possessions. So that's the one instance yeah. where I was kind of like, hmm. Well, Waddle, when you bring up analytics, like about, because I know there are a lot of people like Will Bond and Cap who have ranted about analytics on, on this station in the last week. Is that a Campbell analytics decision or is that a gut decision? I think they probably, my guess is is that somebody's in his, he's getting both. He's going to trust his gut and he's going to trust what he feels his team is best equipped to do. But he's also probably got somebody in his ear telling him what the analytics say and then it's up to him to make the decision. I'd be shocked if he didn't have an analytics guy giving him information before he's making these decisions. But even in the case you mentioned, Jeff, I get, I mean, first of all, Reynolds drops the ball. Yes, yes. And then you're also, the first this, time. This, this was done, I forget, was on the 28-yard line of San Francisco. Correct. So like so you it's said, gonna be a long field goal. Gonna, yeah. you're forcing them to go the length of the field. So One more point on the fourth down aggressiveness, though. What you have to factor in is when you, when you are Dan Campbell and you've been over this with your analytics staff, part of the advantage to going for things on fourth down is you know that's your mindset. So on third down... If it's third and seven, you the run is wide open to you because you've already kind of made the decision on third down that if it's less than fourth and three, yeah. we're probably going for it. So that's a huge advantage is the, the whole playbook is open to you on third down as well. This is why I bring up, like, was this a gut decision? This is what Campbell said after the game. I just felt really good about us converting and uh, getting our momentum and, and not letting them play long ball. Um, you know, they were bleeding the clock out. That's what they do. Um, and I wanted to get the upper hand back. Um, 
you know, and it's easy hindsight, and I get it, you know, um, I get that, but I don't regret those decisions, and that's hard, you know, it's hard, because, you know, they didn't, we didn't come through, we wasn't able to, to work out, but I just, I don't, I don't, and I understand the scrutiny I'll get, that's part of the gig, man, um, but, you know, we just, just didn't work out. I love that he owns it, and he's not, yeah. like, getting mad by, for being asked. But, like, the two key buzzwords that he used was momentum and upper hand. Those aren't, like, analytic phrases. Those no. are Those are, like, judgment and, and gut feelings. That's like, why I think he uses analytics, but it doesn't dominate his decision-making. And I do believe, if I saw it correctly, there was a very, very, very slight favor for going for it in both of those situations. Right, so right. if the analytics, if the guys in his ear say, hey, listen, Dan, it's, it's, it's 50.5%. Yeah. It's a coin flip. You do what you feel is best you for were you. Right. You were right. It was like nine. Like, uh, their chances of winning was yeah. basically the same whether they attempted a field goal or they went for it. Yeah, and, and again, the thing that I would stress most as, as well is, is time and place, and you got to know your team. Again, if you've got a team that has a dominant defense, kicking field goals would be a bigger choice for me. Right. When you know your defense struggles to stop people, and I've got a really productive, explosive offense, I'm going to win or lose with my offense, not by asking my defense to get stops. Heyman in Orland Park here on Waddle and Selby. What's up, Heyman? Hey, I, uh, I disagree because in the third quarter, you're chasing points. Why not kick the field goal? You're up 17. He's acting like he's down. I don't understand. I don't have a problem with the second one, of course, when he went for it. But the first one, why not build your momentum and you're getting three more points? You're up 17 now. Again, I mean, that flies in the face of who they've been for 18 games. So, I mean, I'm not going to tell you that. I'm not going to rage against you and tell right. you that it's the wrong decision. I don't feel that strong. If they would have kicked the field goals, I would have understand uh, understood. But I'm not going to sit here and burn him because he decided to do what, what they have been consistently willing to do all along. And I understand the, the rationale behind it. Do, do the, does he get even more flack if his kicker comes out and misses a kick? And fourth and short when he can, always goes for that. And, and by the way, their kicker is not Justin Tucker. As right. I said, I believe outdoors from that distance, from like 46 or 47 and beyond, I think he's been approximately 50%. Brian in Arlington Heights here on ESPN 1000. What's up, Brian? Hey, guys. Uh, great show. You know, I do think that player execution should shoulder most of the burden here, but you and I both know like we're talking now it's going to always come back on the coach right or wrong. And I think situation dictates um, what you decide to do. This isn't week 12 against the Vikings. You're in the NFC Championship game. And Mellor kind of stole my point earlier in that that first possession in the third quarter was seven minutes to go. They had that chance to basically negate the previous seven-minute drive and three points that San Fran got. And now I agree, Tommy, that they don't have a great defense, but he's got a heck of an offense that even if they make it a 17-point game and San Fran comes back down and scores a touchdown, their offense, I believe, which they've done all game, will put them in position to get another score at some point because they had not been stopped by San Fran at that time. Like I said, Brian, I'm not going to rage against that perspective in any way, shape, or form. I just would, I, 
I wouldn't think that Dan Campbell would be public enemy number one in Detroit if I was Alliance. No, because he is a, he is a lot it's of a the reason, reason why, why they got there. there. Yeah. And by the way, I thought maybe the best thing he said in his post-game press conference, which I thought was most revealing and showing like the vulnerability of the moment, was, look, getting back here is going to be twice as hard. Getting back to this spot. Oh, so this is why it, it sucks, hurts, yeah. because when you get there... It's one thing. Trying to get back is going to be doubly hard. And he didn't reference anything specifically, but he knows his offensive coordinator is going to be gone. He knows that this roster is going to look different in certain areas. So when you have an opportunity to get to the big game and you fail when you're on the doorstep, I just thought, you know, he's a real guy. You heard Jared Goff speak in glowing terms about him afterwards. You saw the rest of his teammates support the decisions. I mean, look, I would, again, if I'm a Lions fan, I am disappointed most in the lack of player execution. I got two Josh Reynolds drops. I, I've got a fumble by Jameer Gibbs. Yeah, and not only great. was it a fumble, but it looks like Jameer Gibbs probably makes a mental mistake with regard to which direction he's going. Guys didn't make plays. Vildor lets, that's Yurko's guy, Vildor. He let the ball, like, hit him in the head. And then, you know, Ayuk catches it on the five. And, and I would say that if, if the players do their jobs and don't do anything heroic or ridiculous, like, the catch that Ryan Reynolds missed on the first play, tough catch, but it's one that you've got to make 98% of the time. He drops a third down where it forced them to, to, to punt as well. Gibbs fumbles and they take it in to score. Look, if, if even if you don't like what Dan Campbell did decision-wise, they lost that game yeah. because guys made mistakes. Yep, yep. Grant uh, in Elgin, he's a Lions fan. What's up, Grant? Hey, guys, I, I agree with you. Completely, long-time, lifelong Lions fan here. You know, I think it's definitely like Waddle's saying. It's player execution. I think the only thing that you could point at the coaches is if, if you know you're going for it on fourth down in that situation, why are you running the ball with Amon Ross St. Brown when it's third and four? When you've got David Montgomery averaging over six yards a carry and you've got Gibbs close to four yards a carry. You know, I think that would be the only question mark that I have as far as coaches' decisions. You remember Otherwise, also, Grant, and the goal line. Grant, you remember in the game against the Rams as well that they basically ran the ball on fourth down. On It was fourth and goal in that game, and they ran it, I believe, with Josh Reynolds. They didn't have a running back in the backfield, and I think it was a personnel mistake when they came out. But they actually executed the play. I was reading an article about it this morning where they, they were fortunate because of the wrong personnel. But Reynolds was actually, I believe it was Reynolds, was the one that actually carried it. Look, I thought the only real true mistake that Ben Johnson made was running the ball on third down down at the goal line. Because if you don't get it in, you're yeah. going to burn a timeout. Yeah. I forget which Lions game it was. Maybe it was the one where they came back and actually beat the Bears. But in one of the two games, didn't... The lines go for it like they always do a lot on fourth down yes. and, and not convert a ton. They did it in Bears territory right, as well, right. and, or their and, own territory. Did it, did it, I, was it in the game the Bears won, and didn't that help the Bears or what? Yes, it was here at Soldier Field. They just continually they they did yes. exactly what they did yes. against the 49ers. Correct, and they did it in the in a very peculiar place on the field oh yeah so yeah you're yes. the brandon staley method correct more. i thought that they were more reckless there than aggressive and again in this game i thought it was aggression not recklessness uh dean downtown you're on espn 1000 what's up dean 
Hey, guys. So just a disclaimer before I get started. I love the cheeky Jeff Miller and the chosen one, Tyler Aki, okay? That makes now, all of us. They said their brains were on the Ravens, but their gut, you know, their heart, they couldn't bring themselves to bet against Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I think I felt the same exact way, and I think that's how a lot of, a lot of us felt, right? I, I bet I, I, I bet on the Ravens, but Me was too. cheering for the for the Chiefs. It made no sense as I sat on my <laughs> I couch. The same way. I, uh, it was stupid. I was watching the game, and, and my wife I told my wife what I had done, and she looked at me and said, "What? How could you bet on one team and cheer for the other team?" I I find myself rooting for the Chiefs, and I don't know why. I, I don't want to root against Patrick Mahomes, and I don't want to root for him. But I just I think it's because I like Andy Reid so much. But I will say this. About Dan Campbell, those same guys that are telling us about the analytics, they're the same ones that are telling us about all this DVOA stuff. How did that work out for the Ravens yesterday? So with that being said, Detroit losing this game did not affect my pockets. I did well yesterday on some prop bets, but that's for another day. I had no horse in this race. Dan Campbell is a meathead. He's a bunch of things. I like him. I'm not putting this loss on him. Uh, a team like that, though, with a mediocre QB that kind of, you know, they catch lightning in a bottle, you lose a game like that. I'm not saying that they'll miss the playoffs entirely, but it's going to be tough. Like like he said, it's going to be tough next year. I feel really bad for these fans. But the, the main reason I called, guys, what, what I told Tyler was Josh Reynolds lost that game for them. You guys got Montgomery. They have Gibbs. They have St. Brown. They got that big Italian guy, uh, Laporta. Like, you got to catch those balls when they come to you, man. He is the reason. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be, like, mean to the kids. He's the reason they lost. And on the flip side, that's why the Niners won, because of Ayuk. They got to account for McCaffrey. You got to account for Samuel. Ayuk makes the plays when they counted, and Reynolds did not. Take by, the, that by, by the way, team, are, you, are, yeah. you, are you calling from the gym again? I keep hearing the, uh, the weights in the background. You know downtown Dean hits the gym three hours every day. Yeah, but so you're basically. always looking for an excuse to not work out. Like, you're, no, you're <laughs> calling us to not work out. That's what you're doing. You understand this. I'm a, I work nice, my man. Shout out Carson's ribs. All right, fellas. See ya, Be man. good. There you See go. Dean, Dean's family, of course, the longtime owner, uh, Dean Carson. That's his last there name. The Carson family. They own Carson's Ribs. Legendary food in the city of Chicago. Dean's a good guy. But he does. When I see him at the gym, uh, he's always sitting in the chair. See, that's why I don't go to the gym. I work out at my house. So you could sit on your own. So I can sit on my own stuff. Watch my own TV. That's the best way to do it. Yeah, we, we belong to the same gym. Uh, 312-332-3776. Like, he called him a meathead. Like, there's a method to the meatheadedness. Do you know what I mean? I have no problem. Listen, I think Dan Campbell did as good a job this year with his team as any coach in the National Football League. There's a method to it. Yes. He could be a meathead, yes. Yeah. But there's a method to the meatheadedness. Yes. He's not a reckless meathead who is just leaning on loud, you know, boisterous rallying cries. I mean, he's a guy that gets guys. Look, he played in the league forever. Yes. He's been an assistant coach forever. He's not a meathead. Like, he is a very qualified individual to be doing what ben, he's doing. He, ben, he identified Ben Johnson when they were together in Miami and brought him with him to Detroit. And by the way, when he hired Anthony Lynn as his offensive coordinator, he identified right away, it wasn't working. I got this really smart guy in Ben Johnson. Hey, Ben, call plays. Like, 
the, the meathead guys don't make smart calls like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. He hired a really, really great staff. I will say, as a Bears fan, I'm so happy that Ben Johnson is leaving the yeah, Lions because you. what they have compiled, uh, kudos to Brad Holmes, their GM, they've knocked it out of the park the last two years with their draft. I told you last week, Jameer Gibbs scares the hell out of me when you're playing against him. Uh, He's Sam, only going to get better. Exactly. Too. Sam Laporta is is might be the second best tight end in the league already. And then you fought, you saw last night, Jamison Williams, who was a top 10 pick, yeah. was coming back from an ACL injury, so we didn't hear much from him during his rookie year. He dropped a touchdown pass, too. He did, but he also ripped off the game's opening touchdown, which was yeah. just stupid. I'm still not worried about him. Of all the guys you Jameson mentioned, Williams? Yeah, I'm, like, save it and make me eat my words next year, but... Like Waddle said, I I still I think he's still you're, too inconsistent. You're right, but he's but the he's fourth he, guy. Yeah, well, he's the guy, St. Brown. He's the guy that makes the middle <sighs> of the field wide open because he's the guy you have to attribute two guys to when he goes either on a nine route or a post route. They've got a lot of talented offensive yeah. players that scare now, the hell out of him. He may only catch it 60% of the time, but at the very least, he'll loosen things up for you. Look, it's going to be really interesting to see what they do next year in terms of their offense. I just thought it was very revealing, very real, and very honest to hear Dan Campbell say what hurts most is getting here. When you're here, you've got to make the most of it because it is really hard to get back here. And I think he was referencing indirectly, and he's not a guy that throws his guys under the bus, but I think he was referencing guys they, they just didn't make plays. They didn't make plays on a number of occasions. We highlighted Josh Reynolds' two drops, the fumble by Jameer Gibbs. I didn't, I'd forgotten, Meller, about the drop by Jameson Williams. Now, they may have all taken the ball in for a score after that anyway. I forget. But their guys didn't make plays. No. It, like, I always, oh, we always talked about all, all this year about Tyler Scott. I think you even texted about the Tyler Scott play yesterday. We had several games through the last two years where we said Justin was let down by his wide receivers. Like, what Jared Goff was let down by yesterday was to the 10th degree. Jared Goff was completely let down yesterday. Completely let down. That whole team let him down. That was that was bad stuff. Yeah, that's why. Like when, if you're looking to you know put your head down and just swing randomly, I would At suggest. Campbell, right? Yeah, I would suggest that you you look to the players and lack of player execution. That's why you know. Look, I'm not going to again try to sell you that that Luke Getzey was the world's greatest play caller. He had his faults, but at the same time, you have to acknowledge when guys are not doing their jobs, and it's not just it's the easy thing to do is go. Well, that's just a bad decision by the coach. Well, maybe it's not if a guy makes a good play or does what he's supposed to do. And then more times than not in crunch time, the Lions guys just didn't deliver. Yep. Let's get to Waddle's world. This is Waddle's world. And in Chicago, Tom Waddle. He can't run. He's not fast, but he gets open. Bears legend. Amazing. Nine career TDs in the NFL. He caught everything that was thrown and took every hit that they could give him. Tom Waddle. Are you not entertained? Are you not it's time to find out what's on Tom's mind. Is that why you are here? As we go inside Waddle's World. Waddle's World brought to you by our great friends and partners at Wintrust Community Banks. They are Chicago's banks. To find your nearest Wintrust Community Bank, visit Wintrust.com slash finest member FDIC. Uh, Tyler just delivered this as I was asking yeah, if it had come right. out earlier. The number of viewers 
Uh, 56,691,000 viewers watched the 2024 NFC Championship game on Fox as the 49ers punched their Super Bowl ticket over the Lions. That ranks, projects to rank as Fox's best NFC Championship game performance since 2012, uh, where they had over 57 million viewers. This was up 19% over last year's NFC Championship game, which was the Eagles and who? I forget. It was the Niners. Remember when Purdy got hurt? hurt. That's right. And Purdy decided not to play. Oh, easy. That's still one of my favorite takes of 2023. Up 7% over last year's AFC Championship game. Viewership peaked with a projected 58, almost 59 million viewers from between 9.15 and 9.30 Eastern Time. So 8.15, 8.30 our time. And in the home markets, I uh, probably won't be surprised to see that Detroit had a significantly higher uh, viewership, 46.3 million, 30.5 million. I guess it's per, it's comparable percentage-wise, but there's just more people in Detroit than San Francisco. Not 46.3 million. 40, uh, 46.3 rating. Yes, I'm sorry. Yes, 46.3 <laughs> I was say Detroit's yeah. population it's went not up. That big. Not that big, but a 46.3 rating. So this is, I haven't seen the AFC. Have you seen the AFC I'm numbers? For them, I don't see them yet. Yeah, but well, that's that's crazy. Why do, you guys still th- king. why do you guys think, uh, like, why why are we seeing such a huge jump this year in NFL ratings? I mean, like, like we know the NFL is king. I know this. But why like a 20% year-over-year jump this year? Is gambling... Was, was Were you able to gamble on games legally last year? Yes. I think we were. Yes, you were. But do you believe that maybe some of the traction with gambling has caused an increase in, in viewership? Are you guys failing to see well, the Taylor Swift effect? Well, I mean, Taylor Swift, yes, for... For the AFC Championship game, but I don't know if the Swifties are tuning in for the 49ers. Swifties want to know Lions. who uh, Tay-Tay's team is going to be taking on in the Super Bowl. They're gathering data yeah, of that, people maybe. that they need to root against for next week. By the way, did, were we talking about this upstairs or were we here? Like, there's a projection for how much additional revenue her involvement just in this whole conversation has been. Sure. Yeah, there's like over $300 million was and, the projection. Uh, front Office Sports, I think on Friday, put out a pretty good data set. Like Travis Kelsey's jersey sales have shot up 400% since the, she started dating him. I mean, there's a lot. And, and I think female viewership between the ages of 18 to 34 is up some absurd percentage watching NFL games yeah. this year. I, and listen, and, and I saw someone write this too, and Okay, so maybe this is just kind of taking a shot into perfect world. When was the last time as a father you probably I would ask somebody to call it 312-332-3776. If you're somebody that fits this description, you're a diehard football fan, you watch every Sunday. And now because of Taylor Swift, your 13-year-old daughter who was never interested in watching football may sit down next to you and watch a little bit of the football game thinking that she's going to get a video shot of Taylor Swift. Right. Or now that she loves Travis Kelsey just because of the connection with yeah. Taylor. Like, like, And I know there's a lot of people out there that are just like, I'm so... I don't I care. I see it all the I, time with I my friends. Care. I don't I care you. about it. I'm fine with it. Who cares? This is entertainment. One of my friends posted yesterday, great... The Super Bowl with a, a ta- more cutaways of Taylor Swift barf. Like, why do you I'm care? Like, why are you? Why are you so? What's the word I'm looking for? Triggered. 
tri- yeah, triggered or um, yeah, triggered by by that. Like, I I love it. Like, I saw the the picture yesterday of Andy Reid pointing at Taylor Swift. I thought that was like, for lack of a better term, adorable. I thought it was awesome. And you don't like it is. They are not inundating you with all of her shots again. There are cutaways of goofy Niner fans hugging each other as they're coming back. Like, who cares about that? Who cares about if it's a cutaway of Taylor Swift as Kelsey scores yet another postseason touchdown? Yeah, I was going to say, like, she is the most famous famous person in the world right now. And her boyfriend, I'll give you the numbers again. Travis Kelsey has had 17 playoff games with Patrick Mahomes. And in those 17 games, which is first, virtually an NFL season, he's got 133 receptions for 1,516 yards with 18 touchdowns. And this is against the best teams in the NFL. This is postseason play. It's just it's remarkable what, what he's been able to accomplish with Patrick Mahomes. I think the word I was well. looking for was threatened. Like, why are NF, some NFL fans so threatened by the mere existence of Taylor Swift at the games? Big deal. Like, I, I actually enjoy it. Uh, one uh, one uh, bad note from yesterday's AFC title game for the Chiefs. Their pass rusher, Charles Amenehu. Uh, suffered a torn ACL against the Ravens. He was a huge part of what they've been doing recently. Seven sacks and two forced fumbles in 11 games, and he was the one who had a strip sack of, of Lamar. He that knew resulted. it, too, right away. Yeah, so that's a huge loss. I'm sure Steve Spagnola will have something dialed up for Brock Purdy and the 49ers in two weeks, but that's an enormous loss for them. And the injury report, that injury brought to you by Costa Ivone Personal Injury Lawyers. I thought this was really cool. I can't wait. Said this uh, the other day, Friday, um, that I can't wait for Jim Harbaugh's opening press conference, which I believe is scheduled for Thursday. I believe he meets the media Thursday. But in his first interview since accepting the Chargers job, Jim Harbaugh told CBS that he'd talked to some of his team's top players, including wide receiver Keenan Allen, safety Derwin James Jr., quarterback Justin Herbert. And Harbaugh, and only Harbaugh can can do, said his meeting with Herbert left him feeling a little starstruck. Mm. Which is so fun. Uh, Harbaugh said the opportunity with the Chargers makes sense for him now. I love Michigan, but I love the NFL, too. There's no Lombardi in college football. I love I've that. got so many sands left in the hourglass, and I want to take a crack at that. Yes. Uh, he's an NFL guy. He is. When, uh, you know, the thought of him, he's going to have to turn around the Chargers in some way because they were a 5-12 team this season. They're going to be $54 million over the salary cap. Harbaugh said we work together, we win together. It's worth it. Harbaugh said of the culture he's hoping to build with the Chargers, the hard work, the sacrifice, the pressure, all of it. Why would somebody put themselves through that? Because the rewards are so darn good. Did we get a, uh, a salary for Harbaugh yet? I haven't seen it. We, it's not been reported how much Five money he's years, got, like, but not money. Any salaries on some of the on all these guys? Wow. Solid Canales got a six-year deal. Yeah, we've right? seen length, but we but haven't not, seen the, wow. the dollars. I guess anyone who's taking that Carolina job has got to get a long-term deal, or else they're not they're not taking it because they know how Tepper operates, right? Yes, exactly that. Like, if you're going to sign up for the insanity with Tepper, you at least want to know you're going to have a six-year deal. Yeah. You're getting paid for on the back end, no matter what. Oof. 49ers opened as a two and a half point favorite, but the line is now, I guess, dipped to one and a half. 
Uh, I will not do what I did last yesterday and put my money on someone not named Patrick Mahomes. I, I want to talk about that. I want to talk about that at four. Learned my lesson. Yeah. Uh, and finally, Steelers Art Rooney, uh, the owner, said we've had enough of playoff wind drought, so we're going to have to. Uh, it's time to win some games. Time to take these next steps. We, you know, we, we weren't sure if we had enough before, yeah. but now, now we've had enough. Yes. I want George to say that. Yes. Art, when we come back, we will dip into some nonsense. Uh, that's next. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitch at ESPN 1000 Chicago. Waddle and Sylvie are back on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN Chicago. Uh, before the zany, uh, ha- how about a happy birthday wish to Stacey King? Did you know Stacey's birthday today? I saw the Bulls tweet that out about, uh, and they were asking, I believe, what his, what everyone's favorite uh, catchphrase of Stacey's is. What is yours? Hot sauce? What did he used to say when uh, Corver used to shoot? A three. He had that, that started hot sauce. Oh, was that, yeah. Is that what started hot sauce? Yeah. My favorite Stacy saying is probably there's no chance that's a foul. Yeah, right. I don't think the I don't think you the don't Bulls think he have committed that. I don't think the Bulls have committed a foul at all tonight. It's awesome. Um, there was a but no a happy birthday to Stacy. Yeah, they won last the, night, one hundred four ninety six. Like drive home safe, safely, beep beep, beep because beep, it means great. the Bulls have won a game. Yes, that is good. What? That's good. It's good. There was a play. I don't know if you guys were watching against the Suns about a week or two ago. Whenever that game was. Game that they blew. DeMar DeRozan went in for a dunk. Do you remember this? And he he, he took the ball back. And and I think it got blocked by KD. And and was and, this the game where KD hit the crazy double punch yeah, shot to yes, win? The crazy. It was but like Stacy's like, oh good thing that KD blocked that because it would have been the the second greatest dunk in Bulls history. I don't know if DeMar would have gotten over the rim to dunk that thing. But Stacy, of course, found a way to spin it in a Pro Bowl's way, even though that he got his dunk blocked by KD. Stacy still found a way. That's what you want from your guy, your, your <laughs> color analyst. He still found a way to spin it in a Pro Bowl's way. He just got a dunk blocked. What's in the... which I don't even think he would have finished the dunk even if KD didn't block it. What's the greatest dunk in Bulls history? I, I've I got think Scott Scottie Pippen Euler. over yeah. Ewing. Wait, wait. I, that, that was what came to mind. But yeah. also you've oh, got... What about you've Michael got, and uh, Starks? You've got D-Rose on Dragic, yeah. which yeah. was a regular season. But what about MJ? He's got a few good dunks to his yeah, name, yeah, doesn't the, he? The one where he went uh, he went uh, uh, right and then back left baseline and then dunked it over Ewing. I think Starks was guarding him in the garden. What about Andekembe? Yeah, and then he wagged the finger mm-hmm. at him, you know? That was a good one. Dekembe. De- what about the... There were uh, many. He, he darked, dunked over Eaton, I want to say. Slam dunk contest? you get any credit for that or no? Is it completely separate? I think it's got to be in a game. Okay. So anyways, happy birthday to Stacey. I don't know what birthday this is, but I, w- I hope that it's a happy birthday. 42. Don't believe it's 42, but uh, anyway, did you guys, uh, did you see that the Cubs finally did something? They signed a right-handed pitcher, Hector Neris. Neris, yes. yes. One year, $9 million, coming off his, I think it was the best year of his career in Houston, wasn't it, Miller? Yes, velocity down a little bit. Oh, good, give him nine mil. But but he, he did come off a statistically great yeah. year, and, and they need, he'll be a high-leverage pitcher, and, and they, like, 
they could have had him for a while. And again, I was texting with Jesse about this. I think um, finally they sort of matched the price that another team wanted. And, and they got him. So, look, as long as they're not losing some of these guys, we'll see what happens with Bellinger. So, until they start losing guys to other teams, I'm not going to panic. Are you a better team with him? Yes. Then it's a good sign. Yeah, yeah. And he's closed in the past, not for long stretches, but there's been a few seasons where he was the Phillies closer. I wonder if he actually ends up being kind of like the de facto closer for the Cubs. It's going to be fun to watch this team, whether or not they're going to add some pieces as time goes on. Uh, elderly mom leaves a $2.8 million inheritance to her pets. That's a that's a Pearl Jam song, After by the she way. claims kids never visit her when she was sick. An elderly woman who claims her children never visit her, even when she was old and sick, has decided to leave her $2.8 million fortune to her cats and dogs. She so, cut out her three children out of her will and instead plans to leave around two point eight for the pets as they have been her only comfort in her old age. So they'll have like a, a sanctuary to play I, and all yeah, the food they I think want. So. And yeah. a caretaker. Children they'll... didn't give a rat's ass about mom, so mom said, you know what? You're not getting any cash. Did they do a will reading and they had to find out? It doesn't like... say that here, but in her new will, she insists all of her money must be used to care for her pets and any of their offspring with a local veterinarian clinic appointed as the administrator of her inheritance and tasked with the care of her animals. I tell my kids, be careful. Be careful. <laughs> you better come visit. You here's better why come you, visit dad. Here's why you should never use a hotel iron, according to a travel expert. I'm not sure. Has anybody ever used a, have you ever used a hotel iron? Anybody? Anybody? My wife has every once in a while, yes. Why is she at the... I mean, you, you don't... I don't use an well, iron. No, she had a blouse or something that home. she was ironing for herself. Do you not... ever use an iron at home? Um, I haven't a long time, but I have in the past. I just I, I just put like a wrinkly shirt in, in the dryer. Yeah. That's, that's well, sometimes it won't, it won't get all... I can't remember the last time I... I just I'm take, so lazy. If I have something that's wrinkled and needs to be pressed, I put it in the laundry bag. I just take mine to the dry cleaner, to dry cleaner yeah, yeah. yeah, and... That's not good, is it? Uh, well, they say never use a hotel iron to press your clothes. One expert traveler warned you don't know where it's been. Revealed the uh, Gilbert Ott, who's the founder of the travel site, GodSaveThePoints.com, revealed that hotel guests have been known to use the complimentary iron in their room for some zany off-label reasons. So it's worth inspecting the hotel iron or testing it on a non-external facing garment before trusting your soon-to-be crisp white shirt. Why? Pilots and other notorious uh, and others notoriously use irons to reheat pizza and other food during layovers. That's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Like, but well, I I, uh, I want to know more about reheating pizza though with an iron. Is that a, is I, that's that a, not something that I would do? But that's I, that is uh, I've seen that as a YouTube life is that, hack is in the it? past. Yeah, the yeah. Warning comes after one TikTok. popular TikTok user. Uh, attracted considerable attention, not only making pizza in the bathroom at a hotel, but using the hotel iron to grill steak while making noodles in the coffee pot. I would just suggest send it to, you know, they have dry cleaning services at most hotels as well. So just be careful. Very expensive, though. They jack up no, the price. No, there's no doubt. There's no doubt about it. So all right, that's I've got, really all there is. I've got some more entries for Bull's Best Dunk also that I could read to you. 
people have weighed in on the Taylor Swift effect. They don't want to read good, bad, or indifferent. So very, like, people get hot takey about this. And, uh, people get hot takey about everything. About betting against Mahomes, too. Like, will you do it again? Waddle said no. He's done with that. And, and I did it multiple times during the game yesterday. 312-332-3776. Ron Rivera also going to join us in a half hour. If anyone knows about Riverboat Gambling, it's Riverboat Ron. He'll join us at 430.